Well, today we've got the convergence of a number of things going on here. We've got the Memorial of Our Lady of Lords, which is a really uh, amazing apparition of Mary to St. Bernadette in France and Lords in France in the 19th century. And uh, also we've got, um, as well, the World Day of Prayer for the Sick, okay, which was instituted by John Paul II back in the 90s. And uh, never ceases to amaze me. There's no way that the church kind of like deliberately, intentionally did this, but our gospel is Jesus is healing the sick multiple times in the gospel. Um, and I think the reason why John Paul II instituted it today is because of Our Lady of Lourdes. So that was the reasoning behind it, because in Lourdes, there's lots of healings that take place all the way until this day. There's an independent bureau of um, uh, medical investigation that's was established right next to Lord. So any purported healing is investigated by the medical authorities in this borough to uh, validate and to say, you know, this is a, a miracle. They, they don't ever really say it's a miracle, but what they do say is we don't have any natural explanation for this purported miracle. Um, and it's a bunch of secular uh, medical experts. So it's not, you know, it's not a setup or something. The church isn't stacking stack the deck or something like that. It's these are it's an independent uh, bureau of investigation. And truth be told, their criteria is way too strict. So there's probably hundreds and hundreds of more val- real miracles beyond the ones that they say we we don't have any kind of explanation for them. But there's something about ninety between ninety and a hundred. That this that this uh, bureau has said we really don't understand how this could p- take place. The person, you know, one day had this kind of medical condition, the next day it's gone, so forth and so on. So World Day of Prayer for the Sick. Now, one of the things that takes place though at Lords, which really neat though, I'm going to tie this all into the importance of gathering for the Eucharist. Is um, oftentimes healings take place in the presence of the Blessed Sacrament. Okay, so a priest will bring out a monstrance and he'll walk, he'll make a pass through the people who are lined up, the sick people who are lined up, and oftentimes healings take place that way, right in, in the presence of the Blessed Sacrament. We see that with Jesus. He's going in our gospel, he's going through these towns, and the people are lining up, in, and they're lining up these cripples in the marketplace. It's just what, it's exactly what happens at Lourdes. It's exactly what happens. Lord's is essentially an extension of our gospel passage. Um, and so Jesus walks in their midst and they just touch, they reach out and they touch him and, and they're healed. Now, it's pretty neat to recognize that the healing takes place at the touch, okay, at the touch of Christ, um, or them's touch, reaching out and touching Christ. Uh, couldn't God heal someone from a distance? Yes. Of course he can. So there's got to be some reason what the whole significance of why he heals people in that context of the reaching out and the actual touching. God from all history, from all eternity, he wanted to, his design was to get close to us and he created us uh, as bodily beings and uh, so hence the incarnation. Okay, So you know, so many people you show a hands of people who have heard the saying, well I don't really, I don't really need, I mean, I like to go to church, but I don't really need to go to church. I mean, I can find God, I can find God anywhere, really. God is everywhere. What do you think? Have you heard that a lot? Yeah. Yep. It's very, very frequent. And then there's the kind of the hippie version. John probably is familiar with this one. The hippie version is, 
glad he's got a sense of humor here. The hippie version is, um, oh man, I find God in nature, you know? I need to go to Nate, that's how, how I get in contact with God. You know, so that's, that's, that's the other version of this story. And it's really interesting too, because if you look in our first reading from Genesis, um, you know, whether you take this, this, the six, the, what's called the hexameron, the six days of creation, whether you take that very literally or whether you take it in a more metaphorical sense, everybody has agreed, all the scholars and biblical theologians are, are agreed that one of the main points, one of the main messages of Genesis chapter one is that God created the world and he ordered it towards worship. Okay? towards the Sabbath, because the Sabbath is the crowning achievement of this creation. Okay, So all creation takes place, as it's portrayed in Genesis 1, and the very end of it is the Sabbath, which is the day of worship. So isn't this ironic? Well, God actually, so if you really like nature, then you should all the more like your Sunday Mass, Okay, because that's why creation was made, was made for the Sabbath. Also, too, the crowning achievement of uh, creation is man, is human beings. And uh, we are social by nature. So man, he created man and woman, all right? So as Genesis goes on, we'll hear the rest of it tomorrow. Genesis goes on, and the sixth day he says, Let us make man in our image, male and female, he created them. Okay, so this is the the union of man and woman is the beginning of society, and society is built off of that. Human beings are social by nature; we're not meant to be alone. Okay, and you know, even in the ancient hermits and people to this day, you know, there are people who uh, very few are anchorites and anchoresses. They go out uh, in the middle of nowhere, and they they do that not because they hate human beings or something like that. It's because you know they're really they're competent in the context of human society and they love human beings. This is a special sacrifice that they make to separate themselves from human beings for the good of the world. Okay, it's a way of identifying with the cross because Jesus was separated from human beings. He was put on the outside. He was made to be, you know, a criminal, uh, to be an outlaw, to be shunned by society, to be hung on a cross and subjected to shame and all that kind of stuff. So the hermit is really undergoing a Christ-like sacrifice. He's not a misanthrope. He doesn't hate people, okay, uh, as we're all tempted to do sometimes, okay, because, you know, we can all get under each other's skin. And so um, the hermit is really, it's because he loves human beings or she loves human beings that she chooses her life as an anchoress or, you know, an anchorite for a man. Um, so the whole gathering for church, the whole purpose is that here we are together, this is a testimony to God. You know, also you got to ask the question, you know, so often we ask the question, what do I like? What do I want? But what does God want? What is God like? And we have it in our psalm, the Lord is glad in his works. May the Lord be glad in his works. What delights God the most is, yes, the birds and the, and the you know, the little rabbits that scurry through the forest. He likes all that. But you know what he really likes is he likes human beings. Okay, he created the whole world for the sake of human beings. And it's man in communion with other men, not killing each other, but loving each other, that gives him the most glory. And so when we gather together as the body of Christ, we're glorifying God. He's delighting in his works. More than if you know our hippie friend goes off in the woods by himself and he's in, in you know communion with God that way. 
Okay? And then finally, the main reason why you go to church is for the Eucharist. God became man. He, became, he took to himself a fully human nature to be one of us. And that's what the Eucharist is. It's the humanity of Christ as well as his divinity. We can get the divinity of Christ anywhere we want. We can get it in the woods. We can get it at the beach. We can get it wherever. But we can't get his humanity anywhere but with the, when we celebrate the Eucharist. And it's just like these sick people who reached out and they, see, God could have healed them from a distance, but he wanted them to touch his humanity. That, and it was that that was going to heal them and, and to, so this is why we, we gather for churches because all creation was, uh, is ordered towards the Sabbath because God delights in nothing more than in human beings living in harmony and communion with each other. Uh, and because he himself chose to dwell amongst us as a human being. And we come into contact with his humanity as well as our humanity when we come to church and we celebrate the Eucharist. 